Okay, so thank you so much for joining us, Gopinath, on our journey of voices. So it's been a little bit of, a, of an adjustment and a lot of growth. Big learning mm -hmm. curve, so we're super excited to have you and very, very much so looking forward to, to hearing your story. Happy to share. Looking forward to it myself. Don't know what the hell's going to happen. Well, we're going to find out. <laughs> we are. <laughs> All right, my man, so to start us off, um, I know Andre has met you guys connected in New York. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I didn't spend as much time with him, I think, as much as I did with your mom. Okay. Um, and we had some wonderful conversations just about, uh, I think the topic was peace, but we ended up talking about conscious living and, and how what we eat really affects our consciousness and a whole bunch of fascinating topics like that. Um, and she had suggested I meet Andreas um, and, and connect with him around something like this. And I happened to get an email by him. And here we are uh, a week and a half later. Here we are today. Here we are today. And also, hopefully we can dive into those topics, man, because that is something that we talk about as well in terms of eating and consciousness and how they inner two relate. Absolutely. How it affects our day to day. But first and foremost, <laughs> we got to get back to the roots. So I'm okay. tell us and, and everybody um, where you're from and what it was like growing up there. Oh, um, OK. So I was born and raised in India um, in a small village about three hours outside of Delhi. Um, and the village's name is called Vrindavan. Um, and it's actually a very spiritual uh, space for um, certain practices within Hinduism. Now, Hinduism is a large blanket um, kind of name that covers a whole variety of um, spiritual and religious practices. Um, but specifically, um, this one is the, I guess, the equivalent of where Jesus was born. Vrindavan is where Krishna was born. Uh, and so a lot of spiritual practitioners go there. And my parents um, in the late 80s uh, moved there as wanting to explore and really dive into the heart of um, spirituality in that tradition. And so um, my mom's Irish from a small town uh, south of Ireland and my dad's from Long Island, New York. Uh, and so these two people traveled to this tiny place. There's, you know, electricity three hours a day. Um, you know, I grew up without wearing shoes for most of my life. Uh, just this, you know, wild child running around the place, monkeys everywhere, dogs everywhere. Um, I got along with them more than I got along with my classmates and I was constantly getting in trouble. But, uh, yeah, so that's, that's where it all started. And mm -hmm. I went to a, um, spiritual boarding school there. Okay. Um, for 12 years actually I joined when I was five years old uh, and we would do we'd get up in the morning at about 3 30 4 o'clock and do morning meditation and spiritual practices um, and then we do some academics during the day although when we were younger it was more just like let's pretend we're talking about sand and go to the river and go swim in and just like really had a very open uh, uh, kind of very free childhood uh, at one point they each this is, this is really cool they each gave us a uh, calf to take care of and I think I was like six years old and we'd go every two days and like go and make sure that everything was okay um the cow is very spiritual in that tradition uh so it was a lot of fun um and did that through high school um basically I mean I, mean, I know I'm jumping over a large amount over there but uh a lot of um self-reflection time and and trying to put those practices in 
um, based on uh, a philosophy of mindfulness and conscious action. Um, okay. Now, okay. I was by far the biggest troublemaker in school and didn't like to comply with anything and like to challenge everything. So <laughs> the, the, the teachers of the spiritual tradition were a little less happy with my approaches than maybe others that were more willing to go along with it without putting up a fight. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great fun uh, and, and an incredible childhood. Um, okay. So my question, my question is for you, that is <laughs> something like I've never experienced yeah. growing up, right? And even, even at this point, you have to search to find those kind of environments Mm. anything kind of even like that right? right you're in india right and there's a big focus on spirituality not only in your environment but in your household i mean as well Absolutely. so how did that impact you your parents uh focus on spirituality and how did that help you kind of grow wow um had an incredible impact i mean i i look up to both of my parents uh very much on this um and uh I've been reflecting a lot recently actually on how one's parents and one's surrounding when growing up really impacts the way I think about life and, and the journey. Um, and my parents had nothing when they moved to India, they had about $200, I think. Mm. Um, and they'd travel back in the summer, make some money and then fly over to India and, and uh, just try to do work uh, and do service and, and be in the service of others and one's own self kind of understanding and reflection. Um, and so, as I've, uh, so I'm in a relationship and the way I deal with money is very different than the way my significant other deals with money. <laughs> She's a little more conscious of it. She grew up in uh, England uh, and grew up in a family that works and that never had that same experience. So I'm just recognizing my biases towards certain things and uh, a certain level of trust um, in certain spaces and areas that others may not have. Um, and I don't necessarily claim that it's better, um, but I think that it, it's just unique uh, and it's something that uh, is, is fun to play around with. But it was, it was, I definitely have a lot of trust in, in some, something that's much bigger than me, um, in, 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 a, in a spirit, in a God, in, in an energy, um, and, and it's... I've, I've reflecting back when, when Andrea sent me uh, some of the questions, um, it was really cool to be thinking about that for a few days. And, and the one thing I realized was that all the important, wonderful things that have happened in my life haven't been because I've intentionally gone out and sought them. Uh, they've all kind of just wonderfully happened. And I'm trying to hold that with this kind of promise of the pursuit of happiness in American culture that I've come across that says, hey, you know, if you do this, you'll do this, and you'll be happy, and you'll be happy, and you'll be happy. And I'm sitting here thinking, everything that's happened that I've been really happy about hasn't happened because I've pursued it in any way. It, it, it just has come to be. Um, and everything sad that's happened, similarly, I'm not seeking it out, but I find myself being unhappy when I've sought something out and not been able to get it. Hmm. And if I actually believe that that's within my control, then... I will be unhappy, but if I start to let go of that, which I've been trying to practice, there's more room to allow others to emerge in other space and other energy. So mm -hmm. it's something I planned around with, uh, but it is, it started a long time ago in my childhood. Okay. You, know, you know what I really like about you, and you said it from the jump, is that you question things. <laughs> so 
and how this is all working out in my mind is that it's all interconnected, right? The spirituality that you grew up around and how the, the more freedom kind of allowed you to challenge things, mm. right? And also coming over to North America, there's that culture of achieving the American dream, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there can be a lot of detrimental impacts to one's mental health and one's quality of life because if you're not achieving at the same level that everyone else is or at the same level that uh, you're being told that the message pushed at you each and every day, you can sink into a pretty low, low place, Absolutely. right? So did you feel that kind of molded you a little bit, that, that culture? How did you maintain that mindset coming from India to mm-hmm. North America and kind of trusting that, um, that bigger force that play in your life opposed to, you know, acclimatizing to the got to achieve, got to achieve, right, not right. climb the ladder. If I'm being honest, I didn't. Um, and that was a huge part of my journey was, so I grew up also, and, and I, I, don't, I don't say this in a mean way, but I, I grew up in a post-colonial India um, 40 years after the British left, and I have super pale skin. I don't tan, I just go white, red, white. Um, and so I grew up as a minority uh, in a place that really struggled with a lot of the pain that the British had imposed onto them. And there was generations of that. And so a lot of that was projected onto me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was some distancing. There was a definite inherent like lack of trust and, and certain pieces like that to the point where I would often get frustrated with the way I looked because of the distancing and, and, and what it caused for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I know Dre wants to jump in. I'm but just waiting for this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just uh, last question. I mean, Please. not the last question, but I, so during that huge transition for you, mm. spirituality seems like it was a stronghold, right? Yeah. Um, was there anything else that you could, you know, when things got confusing, when, you know, even when, um, if you were holding any pain, you know, that you hadn't really let go of, Aside from spirituality, although it is connected with many other things, is there anything that you could rely on, you know, in terms of mantra or uh, any other strongholds for you to help you make, uh, develop that deeper identity? Honestly, more important than spirituality was the people and the conversations I had and the connections I made um, with friends. Uh, that to me was, has been more transformative. I think my spirituality and my own commitment to myself can be fickle. And, you know, if I feel like it some days, it's a lot better than others. And, and it's all a constant up and down. But I've always gained um, so much from having true and honest friendships um, where I can talk about things that may or may not be spiritual. Um, but that may just be something I'm struggling with, uh, whether it's identity, whether it's finances, whether it's something uh, that's just it's not on a high philosophical mm-hmm. feel better space, but it's a real like. I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. Uh, and I, I've been very lucky to, to have met some incredible people and to still have them as friends. Mm. Um, and, and, and those friendships have been the most transformative thing in my life by far. Uh, and I, I think one of the questions is what, what, what do you wish others have? And it's, it's to just truly have people that you, can, um, that you can be open with and be curious with about the world. Um, and, and that will appreciate the struggle and that you're not supposed to be someone who's perfect, but the fact that you are vulnerable and open is what makes you friends. Very deeply. And this is my brother. This is my older brother. right? (laughs) Awesome. Um, and I think honestly, I'm just, I'm just curious because like you're hitting on so many 
so many points that resonate with both of us and I think with a larger audience as well because you know whether it's you know a, a major and an obvious transition you know going from one very distinct culture in India uh, and going to almost maybe the opposite end of the spectrum in the states right very you know not just in North America because you know Canada and the US have a very different dynamic as well um, <clears throat> but making that adjustment I'm very curious um, because you're speaking about being open and honest and the vulnerability and listening. Um, but how did you go about finding the right people or being found by the right people in terms of friendships, right? Because it, it, it is very challenging at a time, you know, when there's so much noise, um, socially, culturally, um, kind of the whole thing, right? You know, what, exactly what you're talking about. You, you spent some time finding yourself going inside and kind of exploring the landscape there at, at, uh, at University of Texas, right? So what was that process like? Because I'm sure you came across a lot of people that were not authentic, uh, and even, you know, even in the space of, you know, maybe they were interested in talking and hanging out with you, but maybe you weren't able to get to that grounded level of conversation or relationship. So I'm curious what that looked like for you. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I think, I think you're, you're, you're right on. There are it wasn't easy to find. And I think our society, at least on this part of the planet, um, does a poor job of connecting people authentically uh, and having space for that. Um, most of the social spaces that you go to, if it's a coffee shop or anything, people are still sitting behind this thin, thin piece of pixels dealing with the rest of the world outside of the coffee shop or, or anyone in front of them. Um, I, I don't know how to answer how I found that. I, I think I distanced from whether they were right, the right people to hang out with instead of the wrong, because I don't think anyone is inherently right or wrong. I think there's just easier um, groups for me to relate to or people at times in my life. Um, and those have swung um, all over the place, which has been wonderful. Uh, but I, I, I feel very lucky to have met some of the people that I have um, and, and for them to have taken the time to get to know me uh, also, um, I think what I've done on my part is, is uh, the one skill that has transformed my world has been learning to listen. Uh, it, it, everything changed when it was less about me and just more about the other person. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's the key. In no, to see, you know, you were talking about um, being fortunate to, to find those people and, and how that was a big shift for you once you, you know, went from taking it as a self-centered thing to just being open and listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think we forget that very often. Um, at least I find myself still forgetting it at times where if I'm in a relationship with someone and I feel like, well, why, why are they acting like that towards me? It's like, if I take out the for me part and it's just like, why are they acting like that? That opens up a much different conversation. Mm. Um, and, and especially if I don't go in guns blazing. Um, and it's a practice. Sometimes I fail. Friendships are, are so vital and, and they aren't talked about enough. And I, I can say that because I think I'm fortunate to have them, but I've also, I, I, I've also felt very lonely at times in life. And, and that, that uh, the beauty of having people to connect with on that level is very transformative. Agreed. So my man, I got a question for you. Sure. What are you passionate about? Helping people be better uh, and helping us 
be more conscious about the world. I mean, I think what really inspired me about when I got a chance to look at your Facebook page and some of the interviews that you guys have done is, is, is what you guys are doing is really talking and bringing consciousness to the world on certain um, topics that really need it. Uh, and so my passion is really people and working with them. And I, and I struggled with that because my first degree in what I can do pretty decently is do a bunch of graphic design work, but it's just sitting behind a screen all day, um, which is why I went and got a master's degree in something else that was not screen-based. So I got a master's in uh, what they call organization development, um, okay. which I'm still trying to figure out how to describe it. But one of my professors just said, it's helping people learn how to work and play with each other. Mm -hmm. um, and I think... It's something, you know, at its core, some of the coaching that I've done with individuals and, and, and it's, it's, it's just helping um, communities, organizations, teams work better with each other and, and actually have some of the conversations they might not have had. Love that, man. You're building, you're gaining some momentum. I like that. Trying to do something. Yeah. I like that. And, and honestly, really, and everything you're talking about, I don't know, with the, you know, with the organizational development, and you touched on that a little bit. Um, and I'll bring it all the way back to him, you know, when we first met in, in New York mm. uh, with open space. And so I'm curious, mm -hmm. um, and I'll probably ask some more about it soon, but um, in terms of taking that, you know, as a platform, because, you know, obviously with, with kind of the, the main guiding principle is everything is self-organizing. And that's what you were speaking to earlier as well, right? Mm. Um, in terms of there's no right or wrong people. Maybe it's just kind of who's in alignment with where you are in your journey now or in the most alignment and that kind of thing. So I'm curious, um, what does, or what has open space provided you in terms of uh, a perspective for when you, you know, and you're talking about integrating uh, the Hindi into that and whether that's going back home, uh, but you do have a, a very unique mix of the tech as well as the personal. And now I'm just curious as to see, you know, what, what are some of the, the visions uh, that you see open space kind of integrating uh, you know, for yourself personally or professionally? What open space has given me is a really um, wonderful approach to allowing um, community to form and community to be. Uh, and, and this is something that I've shifted on actually over the last few years. I started uh, when I moved to the States um, and when I started working, um, I had a much more, I guess I call it like an empire based mindset, um, which is kind of structure, hierarchy, like, let me just get the task done. You know, I was really not, I, I, if someone wasn't doing their job, it would frustrate me. Uh, and this was only, it's crazy to say, it, it was only like five years ago to where I think I've swung the other way now. And, and through my, my journey, my learnings, my conversations with people, I've realized that um, it's much more beautiful uh, for people to really invest and, and, and give what they can um, to any which space and, and, and that we can work together to create a collective uh, future um, and, and that it's less about the task and more about the people doing the task and how they're connecting. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been letting my ego know it's okay that I was wrong uh, for it to now be more in aligned with what I'd, I'd like to see happen um, and to actually acknowledge that um, there are certain principles that work better um, for, for our human race, per se, um, and our overall consciousness than others. Um, and 
the principle of right or wrong and hierarchy and structure can limit the creativity and the brilliance that people really have. Um, and, and, you know, I just see so many people sitting in traffic, just hating their lives, just punching the dashboard. So you know, waiting to get home. And I think, oh, you know, what if we could have a society that was really living into um, whatever gift they have and whatever preferences they have to really give that back? I think that would just be a completely uh, transformative and wonderful space. Absolutely. And <clears throat> you just presented, you just painted a picture for me. So you say you see a lot of people, you know, and just punching the dashboard, you know, kind of hating life. With the spirituality more pronounced in India, mm. how have you realized um, the difference in behaviors for, you know, people of North America opposed to people in India? I mean, uh, you know what I'm trying to get out, get at kind of maybe like the handling emotions, emotions spiraling out of control, mm. issues in both places. You know, how do you see that difference? Uh, how do you know, how do you see that differentiating because of spirituality? Hmm. I've found that spiritual practitioners that are truly investing energy, time and focus into that authentically in both cultures um, are very similar. I've found both cultures to be widely chaotic also. Um, India in its own magnificent, wow. The state I grew up in, uh, India has 27 states. I think I better get that one right. Um, <laughs> um, and and the, I grew up in one state that if it was its own country, would be the fifth largest country in the world. So they have a huge, and it's, definitely smaller than Texas. Um, and, and you just, there's a lot of people in a very small amount of space. Uh, and so they have different, a very unique culture. And so something I've been, this has been fascinating me recently. Um, I'm reading this book on cultures and the question that's, it's a question of morality or principles and how we live into them differently, even though we claim that we're standing for the same thing. Mm. Um, and it, it's highlighting to me, what we often see as right or wrong are just different ways of living into the same principle that we both think we're right. But instead of, instead of taking the time to understand, we take the time to blame and, and, and distance. All right. And then to dive back into your journey a little bit, mm -hmm. can you tell us about the biggest setback that you faced and how you overcame that? See, at its core, I'm an Indian guy. I love Bollywood music. I can, <laughs> I can dance to it. I can sing. I don't look it though, right? So, so, so someone who I'm engaging with or talking to will likely engage with me in a different way than they would with someone. Uh, and I don't, I don't inherently blame them for that because I think it's a matter of respect. If, if I do meet someone from India, I, I do try to culturally show them respect in the ways that I would as much as I engage with someone differently from a different culture. Um, but it's, there's also a lot of... Um, projections and a lot of pain that uh people with white skin have caused to others um and what i learned from anastasia which has been an incredible challenge is to not to acknowledge that there are things that people who look like me or who are you know even whether it's uh, males heterosexuals uh, there's a lot of privilege that my image has been given, even though I don't want it. 
or I never wanted it. And it ca privilege caused pain to me when I wasn't in that position. So I recognized that. Um, and, and what she gave me was the opportunity to say, you have, you can be a screen that people can project onto, and then you can react in a way that no one's ever reacted to that person. Um, as someone who is, is white, that can be very healing and transformative if you choose to do that. You can also choose to distance and not engage, but know that you have this opportunity and, and it's not out of pity. It's not out of, you know, anything or they don't need it per se, but you can, um, really be helpful if you, if there are opportunities that you see where this might happen. Respect. Oh, again, like everything you're saying, very, <laughs> no, honestly, it's very powerful um, because I think like you're speaking to so many points. And I think, you know, even, even where you were talking about the fact that, um, you know, you had a choice as is everyone, uh, you know, when you're, you're put in, in, in a role or in a certain narrative situation, um, your choices, do you distance or do you embrace? right uh and regardless of the level of discomfort you feel at that moment um what is your choice and i think like that's that's so very uh powerful because it can be very transformative right and i think i don't want to say you know limit it and just say north america but i think kind of our our grander culture or the societal perspectives that we take is that something that is uncomfortable is not something that you want to do it's not good for you. It's not uh, the right thing to do. Again, bringing that word in, um, and so it's very interesting to hear that you know that's where the transformation happens, um, and has happened for you um, is when you step into that discomfort and, and you honor that. You know, just like with what you're saying, I don't know. I'm not the best, but you're staying curious and you're staying uh, grounded from a place of authenticity, and and. For me, that's the key, regardless of, of, of being white or black or brown or beige, um, yeah. is that you, you, you have to honor that vulnerability so that other people can feel it. Mm -hmm. And I think regardless of what narrative you've been slotted into, just kind of being aware of, like you said, the privilege mm. um, in whatever context, if you're heterosexual, that's a privilege uh, in, our, in our culture. If you're a man, that's a privilege. Uh, and then all the other layers on top of that. And so I'm just curious because you're speaking to, again, so many things. What message, you know, if you had to, I guess, refine it into, into a way, but what message would you have to a younger Gokunath? To be less black and white, I think, um, was, would be really helpful. Um, and it's so hard. I, I, I always struggle with these questions because it's, 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 you can't get to where you are without going through the journey. And the journey is meant to happen uniquely for you. You cannot live someone else's journey, um, you know, I, which is why I struggle with these kind of things because I don't know if something happened, if something were to happen differently, great. I wouldn't be here. I'd probably be somewhere else. And that's okay also. Um, but I guess my message would just be to, you know what it would be, honestly, to get out from behind a screen mm. as much as possible. And, and that's a message to me right now too. Also, I do, I watch way too much YouTube and, you know, 
just to the, the world is so incredibly beautiful and fascinating and people are so deeply complex and wonderful um, that, that my message would be to spend more time in the world um, and, and not a world that is two inches and, and, you know, like there's days where I just sit in front of a screen and, and I'm working or doing that, but, but I, I, I feel like there's so much more. Um, so I wish I had done that more, honestly. I think that would be um, uh, my, my message to a younger self. Uh, I, I think I was lucky growing up in India where there wasn't a lot of technology. I didn't have my first phone until I was 18 or something. Um, there were some, uh, but I, I, I'm, it's something that I think uh, it's, it's happened so fast that us as our, our norms around it haven't had time to form where they're healthy. Um, and, and, and I'm, it's, it's something I'm realizing right now that I, that I find really important that I want to do more of in my own life also. Mm. Mess is going to hit home with a lot of people before we <laughs> go. Well, that'll be the thumb down side. <laughs> <laughs> how ironic that they'll be watching this on a screen though isn't it I, yeah. yeah so there's there's beauty to it i acknowledge that there's important things i mean this is just such a wonderful format to meet you all and, and have this conversation um but yeah there's also times where i know like i'll, I'll look up after like three hours of netflix and be like what the hell is it really <laughs> important that i watch that probably not yeah, yeah i don't want to hear that but it's a, it's a way to connect right it's a way to connect but can't get drawn in too much Exactly. All right. So as I said, before we let you go, what are the next steps for you? Oh, man. Um, so I have this incredible spiritual teacher who's about 60, late 60s. Um, and, and I've been having some wonderful conversations with him just about life. Um, and it's such a gift to have someone who who is so open to conversations and providing wisdom to someone who, who's like me, who just wants to question everything. Mm. And even though I've experienced it, I still question it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it, 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 in certain communities, questioning is not received the same way as in others. Um, and so uh, for me, um, I want to continue my own spiritual journey and understanding um, through, through my relationship with him. Uh, and exploring that. Um, and I recommend that to anyone if they do get a chance to, to have conversations with people that have been on this earth for longer than us. Um, it's really powerful to, to hear what life was like before our screens or what, you know, and, and I, I think I can only seek it out now because I, I feel like I don't know as much. If you were to ask me when I was 18 to uh, talk to them, you know, an old person, what the hell am I going to learn from them? <laughs> would be my response. So, um, and yeah, just, just exploring, um, you know, uh, work and opportunities with that, uh, and, and work and service are words I like to interchange, um, and, and what that looks like. And, uh, hopefully I'm going to propose and get engaged to my girlfriend soon. <laughs> yeah, it's its own journey. Um, and, and she's taught me so much, uh, and, and has, uh, been a really wonderful friend, um, in a way, she's the first relationship, um, of my life and in that way. And, and it's been wonderful. Uh, so yeah, that you want to hear an ironic thing just to end it all. Yeah. Let me hear it. is a brown Indian woman who grew up 
as a third generation in the UK. So I'm more Indian culturally than she is, like way more. I speak the language, she doesn't speak the language. She has like this posh British, you know, approach to life, mm. uh, which is wonderful, but it's so ironic because I grew up in India with these people that hated the British and then here's this wonderful person who is British. And it just causes all kind of chaos. <laughs> Yay, wow. <laughs> yeah, so that's a curveball to throw it all off at the end. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a wonderful journey and, and so unique to have that opportunity to share life with someone and share. Mm. Yeah, it's it's been the latest journey, the latest adventure. So, all of that's coming up soon. Love that. Love that. Um, I'm very excited. Thank you so much for giving us the time and and joining us on that journey. Thank you all. Um, and if there is anything I can do for you guys or the the work and the programs that you all do, I would actually really love to be a part of it. Um, uh, it's just inspiring to connect with people that have similar visions and similar kind of approaches. Um, so please, please do let me know, or if anyone who is listening, watching, whatever, if there are some conversations or curiosities, I'm more than happy to connect. Um, it is something I really love to do. So I just wanted to share that as the closing piece. Please. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it. And you also better be careful because we're going to follow up <laughs> on that one. We're gonna Done. Looking forward to it. Um, and honestly, that, that's, that's really what this platform is. It's, it's providing the right, the people that are very much so aligned with helping other people grow and, and see themselves who they are so that they can give back you know their gifts to the greater world to raise that collective like you're talking about um so again very grateful for you joining us uh, before we get you out of here it's, it's time for your official sign off <laughs>